Hey everyone, uh, for the main feed this week, we are unlocking last week's Patreon episode with Brian Krasenstein, so you can hear that here. For the Patreon episode, we have a conversation that we had hours after DeSantis launched his campaign on Twitter with Mr. Too Damn Chris. Um, it's a good episode, so you should check it out. Patreon.com slash Western Kabuki. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. And here we are behind the paywall on the Western Kabuki Patreon. I am, of course, joined by my uh, fellow Western Kabuki family members. Uh, Alex, how are you? Great. Let's do it. Wonderful. Yes. Uh, Caleb, the bird respecter, how are you feeling this evening? Fantastic. Weather's great. Uh, couldn't Can't complain about anything. It's been nice. And June? I'm doing wonderful. Great night so far. And we consider ourselves uh, very privileged to be joined by none other than one of the Krasenstein brothers, Brian. Brian Krasenstein, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. I feel privileged cool, to be here. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome, you. man. That's cool. So I guess what I wanted to like... You know, I know you talked to Caleb about a lot of like setting this up, but I was really curious about like, what is it that like, because I asked you before we started recording, I asked you how you wanted to be introduced and you said one of the Krasenstein brothers, but how do you like define your like role? You guys have a lot of followers. You guys do a lot of different, your role in a lot of different circles. So how do you define your role online and in the general Twitter space? I, you know, that, that's a good question. Like, I, I don't really define it anyhow, other than just me posting my opinion. And I I consider myself left of center. Uh, but I like hearing both sides. And and I, I like having that dialogue and, and talking to people that are have different views. So I, I think that's important. So who do you, like, consider somebody who's not exactly on your same side that you would still like to hear from? Uh, yeah, I mean, like any anybody on the right, like I I like conversing and creating dialogue. Uh, I take part in a lot of Twitter spaces, um, and most of them are more right leaning spaces. And yeah, I get ganged up on all the time, but it's <laughs> it's actually it's interesting. It's interesting to just just be able to hear what they have to say, even if they do attack me a little bit. Uh, I kind of develop thick skin being on Twitter. Brian, I was just telling my uh, co-hosts, like, you know, we've got some questions and stuff, but like nothing that we're going to say here is going to be even close to the things that you endure on your. I was listening to yours, yours yesterday, by the way, the things that people say and the replies to your tweets and stuff, even like, for instance, uh, one thing I did want to ask you about right off the bat was there was that video uh, that you were talking about of where you guys were joking about how you were Soros funded and it got on Infowars where they cut out the end where you're like, haha, we're obviously just joking. And like people were calling you all kinds of t terrible things. And you're like, well, here's the full video. And the people were still like, oh, convenient of you to have this context now three years later or whatever, <laughs> you know. So like, well, tell us about that. And then like, how do you, I guess, maybe <laughs> how do you deal with people who in the face of whatever evidence you could reasonably provide still choose to not believe you and probably hate your guts. Yeah. So, so that video actually stems back to, I think it was 2018 or 19. And at the time we wrote a book, it was how the people trumped Ronald Plump. It was like a parody book about 
Donald Trump. We had like a, mm, a squirrel living in his hair called Weave Bannon. And it, it was <laughs> okay. We, okay. If you brought it up, I'm going to ask. You brought it up. I'm going to ask. You said Weave Bannon because that is the weakest pun in the book, right? Like <laughs> Robert Morrill, Ronald Plump. Those are much better puns than Weave Bannon. Can you, can we, can we get a confirmation on that? Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm glad you know all the characters. I'm impressed. <laughs> we're all, we're acutely aware of that book. Yeah. yeah so, so we, we wanted to like do a funny like parody video for the launch of the book about like how people, how people make up things about us. Like we were paid by the DNC or whatnot. So we, right. we decided I was going to go upstairs. I had Ed come over. I pretended to drink, have a drink in my hand. It was actually <laughs> dyed water. I wasn't actually drinking uh, whiskey. But Well, then uh, you're a better man than I, Brian. Yeah, it, it was like 10 a.m. So, I mean, if it was filmed a little bit later, I probably would have had whiskey. But I was upstairs. <laughs> Hell, yeah. Hell yes. And Ed is actually the one interviewing me. And he's like muffling his voice. He's like, hey, man. I, I I think you're Brian. Brian, aren't you? So so like like I see. I just did it there. So you, I just proved that it was Ed because we had the same voice. But Ed was interviewing <laughs> me like undercover with this hidden video camera. It looked like kind of kind of like uh, Project Veritas. Yeah, Project Veritas. Exactly style. what I was thinking. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yes, yes. And and I I said, oh yeah, we're we're actually paid by the higher ups to sow division, and and then. <laughs> The video cuts, and that's the part that Infowars actually showed. Where at the end of the video, I say, "No, I'm just joking. Of course we don't. Uh, uh, we just tweet because we were pissed off at Trump or or whatever." I said, you know, and only that first half actually was posted. I think uh, Gateway Pundit posted it, uh, Infowars posted it, True Pundit posted it. So it spread back in 2019 like that. So like, I, I don't really blame people for falling for it, even though like it seems like a clear like joke because of the muffled voice and the fact that I was saying some pretty crazy stuff, right? You're being too nice about this. It was very obviously a parody and anybody who fell for that is, is an imbecile in my opinion. <laughs> so yeah. So, so then what happened was it was yet not yesterday, the day before, uh, Elon Musk made his uh, Magneto and George Soros tweet, and I decided to reply in it, and I I kind of just corrected him or I I gave my opinion, and that that tweet went viral, and Elon replied back to me, and he said that George Soros hates humanity, blah blah blah, and it was yeah oh yeah everyone I, I feel like <laughs> so many people have seen that now yeah that resp that reply yeah, to you so yeah. that basically happened like within the past 24 hours. And so I guess I, I, I'm really curious, like, obviously on the side of like your brand and what you and your family, I mean, cause it's not just your brother, right? I mean, it's like your whole family is kind of involved in this thing you guys do together. And I, 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 I kind of wonder what you think about Elon inserting himself into that like how do you feel about like obviously it's great that like a really famous guy and the guy who owns Twitter wants to talk to you but like how do you feel about Elon as like a guy who's interested in you how do you feel about him as like just a guy in general yeah like so so first of all I have to say that like before any of this Twitter stuff I've 
was a pretty big supporter of like Elon's accomplishments. I love Tesla. I love SpaceX. Uh, I absolutely disagree with so many of the, of the conspiratorial stuff he posts on Twitter. Uh, so that when I got involved with that George Soros tweet, that's what sparked that video to be shared again, right? So like, I think it got like a 1.5 million views, but something that I do appreciate that Elon kind of boosted on Twitter was the fact that there's community notes. So I was actually able to go in and add a community note and say, hey, this is the real video, the whole video, it was a parody, and that's actually up there now. So I got to compliment Elon on that, uh, even though I disagree with many of his takes. Um, I don't, I, I know many people on the left are kind of like anti anything Elon now. And most of it stems from him unbanning all of those accounts that he unbanned, which actually included me and Ed, uh, Ed and I. Yeah, I remember when that happened. I was like, oh my God, the Krasensteins, they're back. They're back. <laughs> they're back. <laughs> they're back. But day. I think, I think that there's. 2016s are back. And also, Brian, really that, quick, you are in the lion's den because. Uh, the central theme of our podcast basically is how much we all fucking hate Elon. So <laughs> I knew that. I knew that. Yeah. Well, that's true, but it's also but it's also important to note that like what Brian is saying is like a hundred percent valid. Is that like there were people who got unfairly banned from Twitter that d deserve to be back, and I think you guys were among them. And and like especially considering like they also gave the account back to the guy who runs the Stormfront website. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> who deserves to be banned more? Like Andrew these guys. or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So who deserves to be banned more? These these twin brothers who wrote a children's book or as the <laughs> Nazi who's trying to bring upon the, the white nation <laughs> to America? Yeah. Uh, really quick on that. Can you tell us a little bit, Brian, about ostensibly why? I know you've denied uh, for your part the reasons why you guys were suspended, but you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so it was May twenty third, two thousand nineteen. I remember this because it was hell my yes, her date. date. <laughs> Let's go. Honestly, I respect that. If I if I were suspended on Twitter, I would have that burned into my brain as well. I respect and it. and into your forehead via a hot iron. I was on an airplane, uh, getting ready to fly to Wisconsin. It was my wife's birthday. We were going back to see her family, and like. I'm like, oh, man. Big I, shout I, out, Wisconsin, on this podcast. <laughs> big shout out, Wisconsin. And I'm like, I can't make this a big deal. It's her birthday. I'm just going to try my best not to like be super pissed off this whole week. Um, so I tried my best. It probably didn't work too well. But so we were banned in 2019. And, and at the time, Twitter put out a statement that like they didn't say what we did. They said people are banned for buying engagement uh, using multiple accounts, et cetera. That was in their press statement. So everybody immediately jumped on, like Fox News, everybody, all those right-wing sites, news media companies, jumped on the fact that they put out the statement and they didn't say what we did. They implied what we did. So this, so there's news stories saying that we we were running bot farms. We were, we had, we bought our our. So you never account. knew, you never got like, confirmation for why so you got banned? It, it, at first, no. So then we actually hired an attorney and we threatened to sue Twitter for defamation. Uh, just not not for banning us, but for defamation because because they implied that we did all these things that we didn't. What, what we found out after our attorneys spoke to their legal team, and this took like probably a year to actually find out, was that 
Twitter believed that we had purchased our account. So the account I'm using now and the account Ed is using now, they thought we purchased them. And I don't exactly blame Twitter for this because of the history of the accounts. And I'm probably going to yeah, be so made this fun is, of. Okay. Okay. So I don't, don't Brian, we're your friends here and <laughs> you don't have to introduce this yourself. And I, I genuinely like, we've talked about like our own cultural consumptions and our own ideas of like what makes like a good movie, what makes a good comic book, what makes a good musical artist. And I think that there's so much wiggle room. And if you listen to our most, this is a Patreon episode as well. So if you listen to the previous Patreon episode where I just like talked, I talked a lot about like popular culture and I think it serves a lot of really positive outcomes. So I think if there's a, say a grown man who's really into Justin Bieber, I don't (laughs) think there's anything wrong with that. I'll give the backstory on that. Yeah, please do. (laughs) So we, it was like 2000 and I think maybe 11, maybe even before that. And we had, we created, we owned the domain name ay.com. I wish I kept it because I probably sell it for like $2 million now, but it was ay.com and we made it, it was going to be a site called anonymous U, where we catered to like different fan clubs and people could post anonymously towards those fan clubs. And so what we did at the time, this was like 13 years ago, we created fan club Twitter accounts. So we had Justin Bieber <laughs> fan club. We had like Jonas oh, Brothers fan club. Okay. So we had okay. a bunch of these. And with those, for, with Jonas Brothers and Justin Bieber <laughs> fan club accounts, for some reason, people must huge. have thought they were actually Justin Bieber and Jonas Brothers. So like just sitting oh. there, they gained like 200,000 followers each. So we go back years later, we're like, hey, we have these accounts that are have tons of followers. And this was right when Trump was running for election. We both had, we were both pissed off. We were, we had young kids on the way. We had kids on the way. Our wives are pregnant. I'm like, God, this can't be America. So we're like, why don't we just change these account names to, I think I changed mine to impeach Donald Trump and Ed changed <laughs> his to something along those lines as well. And so we started so you tweeting. Were in, like you, you guys were not posters before Trump at all. See, I no. didn't. I guess I didn't know that because I knew the history with the Justin Bieber and like that, that sort of thing. But I had no idea that was like it was just dormant up until like 2016. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And okay, and I think we kept those like impeach Donald Trump and whatever Ed's account was. We kept those names for maybe like six months, and, and then we made the worst decision ever. Let's use our real names. <laughs> so that's what we did. Okay, so so Brian, you're talking you're talking to Whack Nicholson here, and I can't tell you how nice it is to use a fake name. I can't tell you how refreshing it is to wake up every day and not actually be Whack Nicholson when the sunshine hits my face. Yes. Yeah, so this is so what Twitter in Twitter's mind, they see these this Justin Bieber and Jonas Brother account from 2010 that suddenly becomes impeach Donald Trump and then becomes Brian Krasenstein. So in their mind, they're thinking, uh, this can't be a legitimate account. He must have bought it. So Twitter tells us that, tells our attorneys that. And we're like, uh, we have the emails from 2009 when we registered the accounts in my Gmail. I'll just send them that. So we send them that Ed sent Ed had had the email too the registration email we send them that they're like yeah you're right but 
we're still not going to unban you. Um, we will, however, put out a statement to the press. Let us know what you want us to say. So I tell them, our attorney tells them, we just want you to say that we were incorrect when we said that the Krasensteins bought engagement or bought their accounts. Uh, it was on us. And they're like, uh, no, we're not going to do that. Sue us. So <laughs> then our attorneys sit, tell us, yeah, I mean, you can sue them, but they're going to tell you that you're limited purpose public figures. So you're going to have to prove malice, which, I mean, we couldn't really do that. I mean, it was kind of, they did think it. And it's probably going to cost you two or $300,000 because they're going to take it to the to the federal level. So Brian, I got to, I mean, that's horrible. That fucking sucks, yeah. bro. That sucks. <laughs> Yeah, that's so, horrible. I, I just want to say because I, I feel like we like yourself and the rest of us here are like we are of a certain age that we know if you say you bought number one Justin Bieber fan in 2011 <laughs> on Twitter, like not bought. I mean, like signed up for it, though. If you like just had like number one Justin Bieber on Twitter, that's a very valuable at and that's a real business. And it's really crazy that you guys could have that level of foresight and then also be so like shackled by your own success. That's so strange. But do you know what's really crazy is the fact that Justin Bieber fans were actually interested in politics. Like I was shocked by that. <laughs> well, I'm not shocked around, by huh? that at all. I'm not shocked I mean, by that at all. When, when they followed the account originally, they were probably like teens. And then <laughs> six years later, they, they're growing up. They might still use that account. And they're like, oh, I mean, it's not a secret. The youth hate Republicans Wait a and hate Donald Trump. Trump does suck. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and now they're like maybe 18, 19, There's that 18, famous maybe even twenty. Yeah, so of course there's they that famous tweet. The famous tweet that's like, uh, "I joined Twitter.com in 2012 to watch uh, One Direction's progress on the X Factor, and now I'm a communist." And it's <laughs> yeah, like that's yeah. a very real thing that has happened yeah. to a lot of people. Definitely. So, Brian, I. I you sort of speak and present yourself as somebody who's like not this sort of deeply ironic online spirited kind of guy, but you're clearly very online. How do you sort of separate your life on Twitter from your everyday life? Oh man. I, I mean, it's like, I live in Florida. I live in Lee County, which is like, I think it went like 69% Republican. So like, the vast majority of the people I interact with, as well as my friends, are Trump supporters. You go out in the boat and like every boat has a Trump flag or a Trump one flag now, I guess. It's, it's the so, beautiful boats. It's the boats <laughs> that Trump loves. <laughs> yeah, the boat exactly. People. So I, I mean it's it's like night it's like night and day, right? And I think that actually helps me a little bit because I feel like that makes me be able to like listen to those people on Twitter who are pro-Trump, because I just see them as my pro-Trump friends here in Florida, right? Kind of humanizes them a little bit. Exactly. Um, can I, I just, there was something I, I wanted to ask you, uh, we jump forward a little bit. When you got suspended, there was that whole, <laughs> uh, first of all, Jacob Wool took uh, credit for you guys getting suspended, which seemed to be very untrue. 
But then it sounded like he like reached out to you guys with some sort of business. Caleb, proposal. are you calling my close personal friend Jacob Wall a liar? I would never do that. But what I'm asking <laughs> for Brian to correct the record because it sounds like he reached out to you guys to form some sort of uh, band Twitter guy alliance of some sort. Uh, what was that, and how come nothing ever materialized from that? Yeah, so so Wall claimed that he got us banned and. I don't believe that for a second. I mean, he he just wanted the attention, the publicity, and the credit, I think. Um, and I think, like, the first day we were banned, he texted me, and I had his number because we, we were actually investigating him over that whole Carolyn Cass, Robert Mueller thing. Uh, and <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> and he, Caroline and he, Cass, there's a name we haven't yeah, heard in years. Yeah, that's a whole other story. I mean, we got kind of close with her and, like, Kind of, Jesus, like, really? it was kind of a sad story, but Wall, sure. <laughs> Wall wanted us to work with him and, and I don't know, you know, like one of his stupid ideas, like <laughs> go against Twitter or whatever. Brian, are you claiming that my close personal friend, Jacob Wall has ever had a stupid idea? <laughs> I'm sorry, whack. <laughs> I'd read somewhere that you guys had some sort of phone. It was, I don't know if it was the two of you and Jacob or one of you and Jacob, but there was some sort of. 30-minute phone call that I read somewhere in my research for this. What was his pitch? Like, what did he, like, materially, what did he want? He, he, he just wanted us to team up and take on censorship so it would be somebody on the left and somebody on the right. It, it wasn't 30 minutes. I think it was, like, maybe 10 seconds, and I hung up. <laughs> um, he wanted you ass. to go to some, like, guerrilla press release outside of CPAC or whatever, <laughs> like all one of those shenanigans that he did. Jack he Burke also wanted to were, give you a insane. He Jack also Burke wanted to give porch. you a totally heterosexual hickey, Brian. He wanted to totally <laughs> give you a totally normal heterosexual <laughs> hickey for the press conference, I'm sure. I, I think that's probably accurate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jacob Wall, that until I mean I haven't thought of that name Jacob Wall in so long. Is I forget was he banned on Twitter as well? Like he, he never came back. Shortly before, didn't he? And he's he was not he's not been reinstated, I assume. I would I would have known. I would I'm assuming. Didn't he get in a lot of trouble for like securities fraud or something? Isn't he like actually yeah. under indictment? He's in a lot of like legitimately serious trouble. Yeah. Oh shit. Oh no, he was sentenced. <laughs> he was sentenced for um, for uh, running robocalls in Ohio during the during the Trump campaign. Yeah. Oh fuck, I forgot about that. Good. I guess good thing you didn't uh, get involved with him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, it was a whole surefire intelligence thing, and. And yeah. what happened was he, his, he, his father was pre- – well, I don't want to say this because I don't want to be sued for defamation, but I'm 99.9% sure that it was his father called and threatened us. As a parody. Uh, yeah, he. you're saying that as a parody. It's a uh, yeah. joke. Non-actionable. <laughs> what did he, what did yeah. he and, threaten and for? It, we actually broke the story that that Jacob Wall was behind Carolyn Cass's Cass – Claims that Robert Mueller sexually assaulted her and that she was making it up. And we actually, we had, I'd say maybe four hours of phone calls with Carolyn Cass and we, we talked her out of her. We're we're like, like, what are you doing? What are you doing to yourself? I mean, you know who Jacob Wall is? Like, why are you, why are you doing this? What's the point? And it's like, she was just a troubled young lady and, and like he, he saw it and took advantage of it. It was really sad, actually. Like she, she's a really good person. Yeah, I mean that sounds horrible, dude. And 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 
Uh, I, you know, I haven't read your like specific stuff about it, but I just remember it being like this. Uh, I mean, it just never felt like a good situation. And I, I, I kind of want to pivot away from sadder stuff into asking you, um, like what, like, because I asked you about your sort of online presence and being like a highly online guy. Do you have people that you like highly respect, highly dislike? I mean, even if it's like, I'm not trying to get you to like put yourself in a bad situation. I'm more asking like, what do you see as like the online sphere of like a podcast like ours, podcasts that are more popular, someone like joe rogan versus like chapo trap house like what do you think about those sort of entities on the internet oh man Ch chapo did a great episode with us probably like five years ago if you haven't listened to that, uh, listen oh, to that. brian brian i've listened to it many times but i'm <laughs> curious like what do you think of them now what do you think about like that oeuvre of like what we're doing to a certain extent you know of like a leftist personality based like highly internet poisoned podcast like what do you think about that i i'm all all for them uh, and really? that goes for the left and the right like i like i'm all for the freedom of well freedom of speech like i i think that everybody should have a right to do what you guys are doing both sides and i'm sure some of it gets into some hateful content i'm not talking about you guys i'm talking a lot about the right but i i think that if it's out there, I think we're all smart. Well, hopefully many of us are smart enough to <laughs> be able to see through some of it and see it for what it is. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, I like Rogan. Uh, I like, I, I, I don't think he's doing anything dangerous to society. I, I, I think that it's, it's fine. So you're you pretty don't... neutral on even some of the more like controversial uh, like I would say, I mean, personally, I would say Rogan is like probably more right leaning. You're you're pretty neutral. It sounds like with Elon Musk, with with Rogan, with a lot of these people. It's from what it sounds like, at least from my perspective, like neutral or to even like you like some of these people. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I like them, but I I don't mind listening to them and just hearing where they're coming from. I mean, we we went on Tim Pool's podcast a couple months ago, and oh damn, <laughs> it was like I mean, like, like he said, you're the only people on the left that ever came on and i think the surfs went on last week uh and they did actually a good job i think but I, I i don't mind talking to the other side and and if if we can create a dialogue even if you think that dialogue is idiocracy i i still think that it's important to have and maybe through that dialogue you can kind of bring people more towards the center See, my my concern has always been, especially um, in in the Trump era and it going further, I guess, back into the Trump era, which if we're kind of heading to right now, is a lot of people, at least from my perspective, on the right aren't necessarily just stupid, but they're intentionally misleading. Like they know what they're doing, yeah. right? Like, do you do you kind of go in talking to these people with that perspective? Like maybe they're just kind of like taking me, trying to take me and people in your audience or whoever's audience for a ride for their own end. Like, do you, do you kind of acknowledge that? Yeah, I, I, I think so. Yeah. I, I'd say that that's pretty accurate for 
some people, right? Like Tim Pool. I think Tim Pool, that's definitely a lot of his shtick. That's like, what I was going to say. Doing. Specifically, he yeah. knows what he's doing. So you you think that uh, this isn't a criticism. I, I was just asking you to maybe clarify. You think that the dialogue or the discourse with these people is is valuable, but is it really if you've got a guy like Tim Pool who's intentionally being misleading, who is essentially trying to grift off of the uh, concept of having somebody from the other side come on and mislead them. And if it's the discourse is at best useless and probably very arguably uh, negative. So what would you say to that critique? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't I, I think it's fair to for you to say that. I don't know if I agree 100 percent. I think that do you do you think an episode of Tim Pool speaking with some far right like Milo or something is better than him speaking with me or worse for I think society? I think his his crowd, his viewers are already pretty far to the right. So I don't think it probably makes much of a dent either way. Um I would actually I would actually really lean towards what you're saying there, Brian, because I think that you, I struggle to say you and Ed because I know that like, well, first of all, I know you guys were lying when it was your wives running those accounts. It was really you or whatever. But, you know, no comment. That's fine. But it's like, <laughs> even if it's, even if it's a lie, it's like you're bringing your family into it in that way, you know, and I'm sure you even if you were lying, uh, that, you know, you talked to your wife about it, certainly, and, and Ed talked to his wife, and you all talked together. And so, so it, was, it was actually I, just my wife. And, and it, it's funny, because she actually is who got me into politics. So she it was her account, I, I would tell her to post up, I would go into it and post stuff sometimes. Uh, but it actually was her account. And she was, she was, she's more, she was way more political than I was until 2016. Well, that's well, that's what's really interesting to me, it, and what I was going to ask is because we we are a podcast the 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 four of us have become sort of a show that is growing very quickly, and we are realizing our lane very uh, intensely in a in in a sort of immediate way, and and it seems like you and Ed did that as well, and I'm kind of. Wondering, did you want what you guys have now? Did you want to be these sort of like? I mean, I hope you don't take this the wrong way. No, but no, like go for the, it. Ask me anything. The, the center left sort of clowns. Like if you're on Tim Pool, if you're on, I mean, we. This is a self conscious thing we talked about. We don't want to make you guys these clowns. I want to talk to you about like what you guys actually think. But I it. It's so easy if you're on Love It or Leave It or if you're on Tim Pool's show or if you're on some Twitter space or something that people can clown on you and you guys can take it really well. But like, how do you feel about that? What do you, what do you, how, how do you process that? I, I mean, like I get so much crap on Twitter that it's like, it's like nothing now. Like I, it, it doesn't bother me. Um, I feel like yeah, but like, you also don't drink alcohol or do drugs, so I'm like just wondering how you <laughs> take this. Yeah, how do you? Like, what's your what's your mental health routine? That's what we're gonna ask you about the workout <laughs> stuff later. But uh, men, let's talk about mentals. How yeah, are you coping I, with all that? Oh, I so I, I like it's easy for me to turn off. 
you know, like, like I, I'm so used to getting so much hate from people. Like, I feel like right now is so much better than it was in like 2018, like in the midst of the Trump presidency, but something that we did talk about Ed and I, when we came back, got our accounts back, I think it was the beginning of November, the end of October, we, we didn't want to go about things the same way as we did during those Trump years, because we felt that the outrage posting, it <laughs> didn't really accomplish anything, right? It, it was, it just made people on the right hate us even more. And on the left, yeah, got a bunch of retweets, but it didn't really do much, you know? I, I mean, yeah, maybe we got some followers, but- You, you kind of realize that posting might not always be praxis, maybe. Right. So, so like, like what we decided is like, when we come back, let's, let's still post our left-leaning opinions, but also like include a dialogue and, and put it out there. Like why, why is the right thinking what they're thinking and then have them all come together and discuss the issue. And yeah, you're like, you're going to have those on the far right and those on the far left that are attacking each other. But I, I think that when you do that, it kind of allows the left to see how the right rationalizes things. And this is the, the center right and center left and the right to see how the left rationalizes things. And it actually, like, I've been finding that it brings people together and you're never going to take that 15% on each far side. But I feel like the 70% that are somewhere in the middle, I feel like they can at least understand each other more. Uh, but yeah, I, so that's kind of our strategy since November. So you're kind of like political triage at this point. You know, we can't actually change hearts and minds, but maybe we can stave off horrible events by humanizing one another. Well, that's exactly what I was actually going to ask you about, Brian, is like, like, you define yourself as center left and you think of yourself as someone to the left of like a person like Elon Musk or Tim Pool or Joe Rogan. But what makes you further to the left than someone like that? Uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm big on like the social issues. Like I, I feel like, like why is the right so keen on trying to like, why do they care so much about what people are doing in their personal lives? Like, and, like, like trans issues. Yeah, exactly. Like trans issues, like gay, lesbian. I, I mean, everything, everything that's anything we, like these culture wars, all, all this culture war shit. So like, I'm, I'm so far away from that. Uh, economics, like I, I'm still to the left, but like, I, I can, I can understand some things of conservatives, although I think conservatives are not very conservative until it's a liberal in office. So yeah, so you're that. talking about like military spending and things like yeah, tax just cuts spending and, and like you know the yeah. national debt and all so, that. So, as far as like specific policies that the left tend to get really hung up on, um, I mean, for a lot of leftists, it's about healthcare, childcare, housing, and food. How do you feel about like government programs that might provide things like healthcare, housing, childcare, and food? Yeah, I mean, I'm all for that. I mean, especially healthcare. Uh, I there needs to be a safety net, and as much as the right wants to pretend that 
pretend that people don't need it. There's so many people that do. But at the same time, I I think the one thing that the right is right about is that people do abuse abuse welfare sometimes. And I think we could have better better ways of managing that. But it's yeah. But I'm sure that you're. I mean, I'm sure you're also aware that like. <laughs> Even like the worst welfare abuser, even the worst 150 worst welfare abusers would spend a lot less than the worst military spending abuser. Oh, yeah. You know? 100%. Like, yeah. And, 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 and a lot I, of the times still just use as, that as a wedge to shut down the conversation or even uh, like as as an idea as well. Like they'll be like, oh, they'll abuse it. So we can't do it at all. It's kind of like the strategy. Yeah, you know? I, I, I mean, you just you raise corporate taxes to where they were a decade ago. And, and I mean, it makes up for all the welfare that we're using. Oh, I just want to ask, because I, I, I think that it's really important to sort of highlight, because what you and your brother do is is a very different thing than than a, a project. I think a lot of politically minded people have in mind where you guys have generally far left leaning ideas but you practice like an active sort of uh pragmatism like you don't want to rock the boat too much and so i'm wondering like what do you think would happen if somebody tried to go too far with a certain like leftist policy like like how would i react no, I mean, not even you personally, but like, what do you think is like, what is too far and what makes it too far? If like, I say that everybody should get free education, housing, healthcare, childcare, food, like, what of that is too far and how could it be perceived as too far to you, not to the general public, but to you personally? Yeah, so like, for instance, the the whole uh, college education paying off student debt, um, like I, I'm kind of on the fence with that. Like I, I, I can see, I can see why some people would maybe be a little bit upset that hey, I paid my student debt off last year, three years ago. I worked hard, I worked my butt off, and now all these yeah. kids are getting yeah. theirs paid. So, so, like, like that's the one example, I guess. So, like a candidate, maybe kind of like Bernie Sanders was maybe too like for you a little too idealistic like, or something like I, I, I like like i really like bernie sanders and and i think that he has a ton of great ideas uh but like yeah some some things i think are just a little bit too far i i think we need i i, I mean like i i feel joe biden is very centered um despite what the right says i, I think he's probably more in the center than than most people yeah i would agree with that for. yeah yeah absolutely like, but but i i i support like i i think my po politics are along those lines um can i ask you who did you have in the 2020 primary who was who, who were you supporting in the in the primary uh i i like biden because uh you're biden all the way i and and it, it was mostly because i thought he had the best chance uh mm. I, I just beat trump as your thing yeah, just beating Trump, yeah. Yeah, I guess after the fact, after the primary, it seemed like that's what most people in the Democratic primary really voted for. Because, like, I mean, we were all in the trenches online at the time, us, like me, Caleb, uh, and and Wack. We were all, you know, we were all posting. Um, but And we kind of were like, oh, of course, Bernie. 
I mean, we, I think we're all Bernie supporters. We're like, his policies are, are clearly the best in all of our opinions, if I, speaking for all of us. But yeah. it, I think yes. at the end of the yeah, day- Yeah, no, I was all on A.B. Klobuchar, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd like you to see how really your hair would comb. fare in a blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah. So basically, I, th- I think what we learned, what the online left kind of learned is like, oh, people just in the, in the 2020 election in particular just kind of wanted to, to beat Trump. Yeah. And I mean, that, that was, I think, in a, kind of sobering for some of us. But I mean... I don't, I don't know. I guess Biden won I think if it was just the election among Democrats, I probably would have leaned towards Bernie. And really? I, even though I think he's too far left, I think that a lot of his policies would really have helped America. And I mean, if he was in there for four or eight years, I think it, he would have done a lot and it probably would have shifted back a little bit to the right and, and maybe away from the, that far left. Uh, so I would have supported Bernie, but I, I just didn't think he had the chance against Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got 10-ish minutes here before we finish this up. I, if it's okay, can we go back and talk about some Twitter stuff? Because that is really the meat and potatoes of our show. Sure. Can I? Okay, here's a fun question. Do you miss Trump being on Twitter? Do you think he was funny? <laughs> Do you miss the engagement? Do you miss the... I mean, obviously... When it comes down to it, he's a piece of shit. We all fucking hate his guts. But there was something to be said about the spectacle of a Donald Trump tweet. Do you miss that at all, or am I crazy? You know, like I, I can't imagine what it would be like <laughs> with Trump and Elon on Twitter. Like, how, how would that play out? Is is Elon going to be? Oh, they would get into Trump? so many good fights. <laughs> they would get because I mean, you kind of bring that brings up a, like a good, I guess, observation. Is Elon is kind of like the modern. Twitter Trump in a, in a way like he fills the same role that Trump did yeah. for a while. Yeah. I, but I, let's not I forget though but, that uh, Trump had that uh, post on truth social. The, I had Elon in my office. I could have had him on his knees begging like a dog. <laughs> uh, I Incredible just kind of feel like politics aside, if they were both on there, I don't think Trump would allow Elon to ascend and be the number one draw. Even if they were in a complete agreement, I think that they would have to fight. Elon voted for Biden. Uh, But like, I I think something that people don't really realize, well, maybe they do, but I mean, look at Tesla. So Elon did not spend a dime on advertising to this day on Tesla. And he's doing the same with Twitter. He he wants to create engagement and traffic. And what's the best way to do that? Tweet things like George Soros is like Magneto or whatever he said just create controversy. And and that's what drives traffic. And as sad as that is, that's what people want. And yeah, it's, say, is all engagement, really good engagement, especially when you're in the last few weeks, he's really um, knocking on the door, if not step stepping foot on anti-Semitic shit. Like I'm just going to go ahead and say it. That uh, Magneto thing was, holy shit, this is like bad. And then he had the, the within 12 hours, he, he, doubled down on it basically. And then, um, the JDL, he's like, uh, or what was it? Was it was the anti-defamation league. He, he said that he, yeah. he said they were just the defamation league. Exactly. And like, I have my beefs with the anti-defamation league. Same but, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you gotta, gotta ask yourself, why is he saying this now? It, it, it's like, I, I was shocked. I was shocked with this sorrow stuff, but I guess I wasn't shocked at the same time. And, and yeah, I, I think it's, like from an outsider looking in, it's a horrible 
business move, I would say. But at the same time, it's bringing all this traffic to Twitter. I don't know. I don't know what his long-term plan is. It's certainly boosting traffic in the short term, but is it losing advertisers and, and losing users over the long run? I, I think that could be the case as well. So I don't know. Maybe he's genius and he knows something, or maybe he's just tweeting his opinion and doesn't give a crap. But Brian, my thing, my thing, my thing is like, you were in a position to actually say to him, like you were in a dialogue with him and you actually had the opportunity to say, Hey, you know what you just said is really fucking anti-Semitic and plays on some really fucked up tropes. And instead you were just like, well, actually Magneto, like, I think that you played a useful idiot in that moment. So, so I, I did, I, I, I did reply a couple times and I, I said a little bit more. So I, I replied to that reply where he said he was a, he was, he hated humanity. And then again, this morning I replied to, or not this morning, I, yeah, it was sometime today I replied and I kind of explained how I see it. And, and yeah, I, but the thing is, dude, is that, you know, like you are, even though you are very good at compartmentalizing your personal life, which I can, commend you for it you know that being online like that if you make multiple replies what you're doing is fishing to see who's going to which reply is going to get the most uh attention and and, and if the one that is the most anti-semitic gets the most attention don't you feel kind of responsible for that so 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 yeah no so i i re replied to different tweets of his like a reply to a reply but so my personal view and i'm jewish uh, I, I don't see the tweet itself as anti-Semitic. I see it as definitely something that people who are anti-Semitic are going to run with and use and use as a tool to spread anti-Semitism. So I don't want to say Elon's anti-Semitic. The George Soros is a villain thing has been a a far right wing. It is. It is. And you're absolutely way right. to pry open the door for anti-Semitism for years. So like. Uh, I get that like you don't you may not see him like you you and he may not see himself as anti-Semitic. But what he if you are repeating everything an anti-Semite says, then you are de facto an anti-Semite. And like I'm no big fan of George Soros either. I don't give a fuck about the guy. What I care about is the fact that is the fact that the richest person in the world who is using who runs the platform that is the place where culture is created especially for the media um is saying things like this and like you actually have the opportunity for a dialogue with him and you aren't like you missed a really important opportunity i think to say right away as the first response this thing you're saying is anti-semitic it is it is a well-established anti-semitic trope and instead you were just like well you know magneto in the marvel comics like i really it was really like frustrating as a person who has one millionth of your reach to see that happen well so so i replied again to his reply when he said he is he, he was uh he hated humanity and and i told him why george Soros is unfairly criticized i also replied today and i said i explained that even though he might not be an anti-semite what he said was basically opening the door for actual anti-Semites to use that to spread their anti-Semitism. So, I, like, um, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Brian. I, I really have a bad uh, habit of doing that. But can I 
read you some of the quote tweets that I found from that post. Um, oh yeah, I read them. Yeah. I mean, like the there's actual neo Nazis being like, "Holy crap, this is so epic and based." And we're gonna have Elon Musk talking about how Auschwitz had uh, wooden doors in the gas chamber, so it's fake within the week. And it's like, okay, uh, so I guess you don't think he's an anti semite, but he, he, I think that Elon Musk, much like Tim Pool is a man who knows what he's doing. Do you do you agree? Or do you think that he, I mean, why do you think he said that, especially at that time? And why do you think that he followed up and doubled down on it, tripled down? He's actually tripled down on it by this point, probably quadrupled down on it. Why do you think that is? It's a good question. So, I mean, you might be right. It also could be the fact that Soros sold Tesla and, and he's been pushing against Elon's takeover of Twitter. And he's, Elon's just holding a grudge. So I, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say what, what's happening in his head. I do think it's irresponsible. I think it's a horrible decision. Uh, and you're absolutely right that it's opening the door to these, these anti-Semites to kind of use it as fuel to push their, their agenda. So I disagree with it. I would absolutely say, why is he doing this? So he actually subscribes to you guys, Elon does, on on Twitter uh, through his new subscription service. And you guys uh, have been in spaces at the same time. And uh, probably I don't see that relationship changing unless you were uh, offended more than you're letting on. Do you think that there's a chance that you're going to broach this issue with him in the future? Or is this something you're, you're interested in having a more of a dialogue with him as somebody who has more access to him than most? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's hard to have that dialogue on a tweet thread because most of the time he doesn't reply or probably doesn't see it. But like, if there was the opportunity, I'd love to. I mean, if I could sit down with him and tell him how I feel, I'd absolutely take that chance. Can I can I ask, is that why you're being a little bit more neutral maybe on Elon Musk? Because you want to make sure like maybe someday, like, because we've seen how Elon acts when people don't even necessarily cross him, but just don't do exactly what he wants, like with uh, Matt Taibbi <laughs> or um, Barry Weiss, like he just drops them completely and moves on. Are you, are you kind of like so, so the, worried the, that so if, you, if you... It's interesting because he followed me and subscribed to me like within an hour after I criticized him. <laughs> so so like, okay. I, I, don't, I don't know if criticizing him is really going to change things like I mean, I mean change things for my to to my demise i i okay. i don't think he minds it if i criticize him i think he sees it as just a way to a way to get engagement flowing on twitter mm. okay and yeah no so i i guess my my question from that like the whole like not necessarily dropping you but like you like maybe you'll eventually or be able to at some point just have access to be able to like maybe take them away because i think most people kind of see this like red pill like you know this traditional like right-wing rabbit hole he's going down do you think that like maybe being a bit more neutral with him is gonna like allow you to maybe try to pull him out in any way you can is that where you're kind of being yesterday i had a, a well-known journalist i'm not gonna say who it was but they texted me and they said good job trying to de-radicalize Elon. <laughs> so like, I thought that was funny, but like, I'm just trying to create a dialogue. And if, if I, if what I can say 
he can make it can maybe even move the needle a little bit in his mind. I, I think the better approach to just saying, "Hey, you're an anti-Semite man. Shut the shut the hell up." Uh, is to <laughs> actually di- have a dialogue and and do it in a respectful manner. I, that, so just- I have a I have a kind of weird question because just everything you've said, I, I you have this sort of bone deep kind of pragmatism to you that you're talking about that like a in order to go along to get along you have to <clears throat> make certain compromises and have certain uh hold certain positions you might not believe in it's like how how do you how do you know at the end of the day what you believe how, how do you know what you think is right is right you mean in the, in that respect that I think that kind of having that discussion is actually going to lead to a positive outcome? I mean, regardless of the discussion and regardless of the outcome, how do you know what you yourself believe? What's your moral barometer there? I I mean, I, I just try to I try to educate myself and and. I read a lot. I, I, that topic interests me. I read a lot. I, I try to get as much information on things as possible and, and try to understand both sides. I mean, that's pretty much. Mm. So can I, I ask, um, in the context of, of Wax last question, like point blank, because we've, we've kind of danced around this, like, you know, what you're doing is kind of this discourse thing and maybe it's uh, not changing too many minds, but it's like, it's building bridges maybe somehow what in the context of, I guess your guys's media, small media empire that you guys got now, what do you see as the actual purpose? Like what, what do you want from what you're doing? What would be your ultimate goal? What role do you see yourselves playing? Yeah. So, so first of all, like I wouldn't consider even a ant size media empire. Like I think like, (laughs) We have, I have like 160 Twitter subscribers paying $4 a month. So, I mean, maybe $600 a month I'm making, uh, and, and sure that could grow, but I like, ultimately the reason I started was that my son was in my wife's stomach in her, in her uterus as Trump was winning the election. And it scared me to death that the country was headed in that direction. Like we didn't like, despite everything everybody says about us being grifters and about us trying to make money, like that's not why I decided to do any of this. And I can speak for Ed as well. Um, Yeah. I I mean, if I make money doing it, it's, I'm not going to turn that down, but like, I, I don't, the money I'm making isn't changing my life at all. I'm not, I want to say I want to say for myself I never once thought you guys were in it for the money. Sure. Like yeah, I, it never felt that way. Yeah, no, it, it's funny because like <laughs> that's uh, Vice News did a piece they came to our house and they basically asked that and and I said I said no, that, like that's not what we're doing. And he's like, "Why are you taking such offense to that?" I'm like, "Because everybody says that. Everybody thinks we're in it for the money." <laughs> of course, like of course. They say you're paid by the DNC. They say that you're paid by Trump. They everybody right. thinks you're taking money from someone else. 
George Soros. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, I yeah. really, I don't want to take too much of your time, Brian, but I do want to, I, I, this is deep into the Patreon. Remember we're behind the paywall and I just want to know you, you and your brother are grouped in with some people that a lot of people really don't like, uh, Jeff Tiedrich, Brooklyn Dead Defiant. <laughs> Friends of the those show. kind of people. We're getting them on, too, one by one. <laughs> I've never I've never spoken to either of them. Like, I So I'm wondering, like, do you have any, like, strong opinions about any of the people that you get lumped in with so regularly? So, so like, like Tiedrich and Brooklyn Dad? Like, any, yeah, I, or anybody I, else. I don't really. I mean, there's I, a bunch. Like, like, I, I kind of, like, their style is a little bit overkill, I'd say. Uh, oh wow okay but like i mean but maybe that was our style back in 2018 too so <laughs> i don't know yeah you guys were pretty bombastic i, I feel like is a fair way to put it back back in the trump days <laughs> yeah like, like I, I don't really i mean i i never i've never spoken to either brook that i remember i mean maybe a dm or something to brooklyn dad or uh jeff um so i i've spoken to jojo from jersey she's i, I get along with her Who's the one? What's the name of the girl who dances? Angela Be- Angela Bel Camino. Yes, that's the one. Bel oh Camino. yeah, yeah, I know of her. Like she replies to my tweets. I know. Yeah, I'm just wondering. Like, do you have like opinions on one of them versus like, the others? Or I guess who's your crew? Like, other than your brother, like, do you have a crew that you like run with? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Twitter's PVP. Yeah, there there really isn't anybody like like and like something that Ed and I always try to do is like just do our own thing. Uh, like people have reached out and said, "Hey, you want to join up and we can retweet our stuff or we can we can do business stuff together." And like we always turn them down. It's just not like we trust each other, and it's hard to trust other people. It sounds like just, you guys you, you have a you guys have the hearts of of true posters. Is what yeah, that's like. what I was. That's exactly what I was going to say. Is that you guys are yeah. really old school posters. You guys are Jonas Brothers fanboys. You are Justin <laughs> Bieber fanboys. And yeah, this is, what else? That goes bone deep. <laughs> All right. Well, Brian, I really appreciate you coming on. It's been a great conversation. I'm really glad that we could do this with you, man. No, it's been great. Thanks, guys. Yeah, All thank right. you so much. Anything you want to plug or anything you want to talk about? Uh, not not really. I mean, we have a Twitter. Uh, I have a Twitter subscription for four dollars a month. So does Ed. What are you going to find behind the paywall? Uh, yeah, so so like I, I post a few times a day. I do videos. I do. We Ed did a Zoom call today, but we do a lot of private Twitter spaces too, um, just about various topics. Uh, but yeah, we're kind of just trying to figure it out and see where Twitter kind of takes things. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah, that's pretty much it. If you buy my book, I don't get any money from it because it's discontinued, but it's still on Amazon. But go buy it. It's kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to put it on my mantle. It's also it's out of print, so if you buy it, that's a collectible. Ooh, yeah, fun. exactly. There's only oh, fifteen hundred in existence, I think. Maybe two thousand. <laughs> oh, Goddamn. Okay, that I'm I gonna snag one, and Brian, I'm gonna I'm gonna work it out to get some autographs on it. There's only six signed oh. copies. Wow! Oh, oh my God! Oh God! We gotta take a we gotta take a pilgrimage to Florida and bring our own <laughs> copies of how the people Trump. Yeah, I'm sure. Ronald I'm sure Plum. Brian and Ed would love that if we just showed up. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah, not not my house. Maybe a bar or something. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, thanks again, Brian. Uh, we really appreciate it. Yeah. No problem. Thanks, man. Thank you so much.